Let's bring in Larry Shover. He's the chief investment officer at D. Alexander Capital. He's joining us this morning to talk financial markets. Larry, happy Friday. Welcome. We had a Thank very you. busy week in terms of central bank activity across the board. The Fed into this morning's uh, BOJ announcement. Uh, what was most notable in your opinion? I think what was no uh, most notable is that you have the Bank of England with a surprise hike, the Fed acceler accelerating taper, uh, not to mention blowout housing numbers and, and uh, jobless claims four-week average at a pandemic low, and yet we see a rally in the Treasuries with like the fives outperforming, and we see a steepening in a 530 spread from peak to trough, like 16 basis points. It, if there's any kind of intuition in that, I don't know what it is. I think it just doesn't make any sense at all. We're looking at it right now, the five versus the 30. And I want you to dive a little bit deeper into this with me in terms of what's it telling you in just a minute. But uh, I also wanted to point out, as you mentioned, that surprise, uh, again, from the Bank of England yesterday, the uh, rate hiked 0.25%. And while the pound has been weakening, it got a little bit of a lift from that. So maybe that's what's weighing on the U.S. dollar some here. Uh, or is it uh, rates and what you've been seeing in terms of the curve that uh, has got the greenback taking a step back? Yeah, um, really hard to say because like right now the G10 currencies are all clustered in a really tight range. The only big moves we saw were, what, like you mentioned, the pound and mm -hmm. also the Norwegian kroner. Uh, the outsized moves were the real, the Colombian peso, and of course the lira, 15% down move. But the question right now, I think, is like for FX anyway, is like how much of this tapering is going to crowd people back into treasuries and the dollar? And will that anchor the dollar and yield? So I think that's what the, uh, the big question is right now. And that's why it seems like these currencies are all clustered together when they really shouldn't be at this point. Larry, talk to us. It's the latest with the lira. You mentioned the 15 percent decline. It's been coming under pressure. Yeah, um, it, of course, struggling. Uh, 15% was a little bit more than most people thought. But when you think of uh, the, the inflation dynamics not being a tailwind for Turkey as it would be for other places in regards to their um, you know, unemployment rate and economic figures, it makes some sense. It's going to hurt. And I, I do uh, think it, there's going to see some type of bounce back, but perhaps not anytime soon. You've got the uh, Bank of England raising rates, a much more hawkish tone from the Fed. And then you've got uh, the lira falling after rate cuts. Let's talk a little bit about the BOJ. Uh, they said basically uh, it's important that they patiently maintain massive monetary stimulus. They don't seem to be anywhere close to raising rates. No, they, they don't. And that's what I've been saying for the past six months, not just about the Bank of Japan, but it just seems like the, the global economy is running on one cylinder, and, that, and that's the United States. And you see like uh, ECB, but we're talking the Bank of Japan, they're way behind the curve at this point with regards to, you know, inflation definitely a headwind, but they're not seeing the growth um, like we're seeing. I mean, as I mentioned, our four-week uh, initial jobless claims on a four-week moving average is at a pandemic low. Uh, nowhere in the world is that even close at this point in consumption figures. So um, I think it's going to be uh, really tough sledding ahead for both the Bank of Japan, not to mention the ECB. Larry, uh, for running on one cylinder, the U.S., hopefully we don't get any misfires. Um, uh, that would not create a good situation for the global economy. Let's talk about uh, any other foreign currencies that you're watching as we head into the end of the week, end of the year, for that matter. Yeah, you know, I'm, I continue to watch the Australian dollar, and I okay. think it's a cheap hedge 
a relatively cheap hedge if you believe or don't believe the reflation uh, ambition story. If you think there's going to be a bounce back in the economy, I think that's the, that's the cheapest way to express that view. I mean, and at least from my opinion, um, I've been wrong about it all year. Um, it hasn't, hasn't treated me very well, but I still think with regards to your outlook for next year, if you think we're going to see some real reflation, that would be the currency to get into. Uh, because of its tie to Asia, Asia-Pacific currencies, and ultimately expectations there, we often look at, well, the 6A, not only 6A, but uh, possibly the New Zealand dollar as well, Larry. Yeah, that's exactly right. And also tied to uh, natural gas prices, okay. iron ore and copper, but yeah, especially Asia. And so there's so many ways to express your view on, well, I think the market's going to rally next year. And if you get scared of the stock market, diversifying away into a currency that's relatively cheap. I'm not saying it's cheap, but just relatively cheap, given, given any kind of growth ambitions you might have for 2022. Larry, uh, as we head into, uh, well, the end of this trading week and into next week, a holiday-shortened week, what do you kind of look for in terms of participation, in terms of markets? We oftentimes say expect the unexpected, but we know that there's a little bit uh, less, fewer eyes on the market, and oftentimes you get in kind of that quiet holiday mode. Uh, what are you expecting to see next week? Yeah, well, given we've gotten hawk for the holidays uh, surprise this week, I mean, I think really it's all about uh, Omicron variant okay. risk. Is it goods versus services with regards to the new normal is just a new normal. And with that, we're going to see some really knee-jerk reactions in the market. I and mean, we do have a lot of data coming out Wednesday, Thursday. But beyond that, I, I think we're going to see some really irrational moves, just given the dwindling down of liquidity in the market. Lastly, uh, what should we be watching for in terms of rates as we head into uh, the end of the year? You mentioned, again, uh, what's playing out in terms of the curve. Uh, as the dust settles from the Fed, though, and uh, investors kind of, uh, uh, well, try and reposition amidst this uh, shift, the hawkish tone it seems to have catch, caught many uh, flat-footed or a little bit off guard, to say the least. Yeah, to say the least, especially when, when I look at the 530 spread and how it steepened the way it did. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good reentry point um, to, to, to express a flattening view between the 5 and 30. Um, inflation is going to continue to act as a tailwind to the extent of the Fed staying on course. And so with that said, um, if our economic numbers stay the way they are, um, there's no I, I can't think of a good reason anyway why we wouldn't see flattening between especially the 530 and perhaps even the 210. So I think that's the way it goes. Like right now, <clears throat> Powell has a hawkish stance um, and just a reframing of the variant and the participation rate right, to me speaks volumes in the sense that I think it's just going to be on track to see a rate hike uh, at the middle of next year. Uh, we're looking at, well, we just looked at the TNX on the intraday and some of the weakness we've seen there on the five-minute time frame as it's fallen off a cliff. Here, kind of putting it into perspective a little bit in terms of the range-bound activity that we've seen and how rates saw a very limited reaction to Fed Chair Jerome Powell's comments this week. And, well, here quickly, I've got the 10-year now on the right, the 30-year on the left, and both, as you can see, comfortably in, in this range. Lastly, Larry, before we let you get out of here, Bitcoin didn't really uh, see the bid that we uh, Joyed in terms of the indices, the ES to new all-time highs this week. It's come off a little bit this morning. We started off the show looking at some of the selling uh, led by the NASDAQ. But what are you watching in terms of crypto and, uh, well, the move that we've seen recently in Bitcoin below 50000 
Yeah, uh, you know, just looking for any kind of signs of uh, a short-term trend. And I know that is overstating the obvious, but I think a lot of that is driven by the volume, the volume profile. And um, what I've seen in the last few weeks is that actually volume in it has been going down and just causing a lack of liquidity. And so the price of it, it obviously, is just a lot more volatile. So I think it's really going to be interesting to see if we see any kind of volume profile follow-through in the next week. Okay, it gives us something to watch. Larry, appreciate you joining us here and taking a look at currencies with us in a very busy week focused on central bank activity. Larry Shover uh, joining us from D. Alexander Capital, where he's the chief investment officer.